Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. Hey, Des. Hey. Let's start out the show by thanking our Patreon contributors. Thank you guys so much for donating to our show. They donated over at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This week, we had Kristen, Madeline, Laura, Rianne, Emma, Chuck, Caitlin, Chanel, Christy, Sharon, Cynthia, Izzy, Renee, Eve, Ashley, Millie, Marissa, Joy, Linda, Libby. Hey, Libby. Hi, Liz. It's our friend, Libby. <laughs> Christopher, Luke, Jake, Zoe, Jenny, Michael, Nadine, Sabrina, Sierra, Ellie, Emily, Whitney, Kristen, Michelle, Jade, Kelly, Heather, Hannah, Alicia, and David. Wow, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> that, was so, that was like our longest Patreon. I was like, should we do this, like break it up? And Seriously, thank you guys so much. You're really helping us out a lot. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We're so lucky we get to do this show for you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want to join... There's lots more content there. Maybe that's what people are into now. They need extra content. Right. <laughs> we have uh, one of our hour-long shows is is going up tomorrow. So, And we have two brand new uh, episodes, like 30, 20-minute episodes that we yeah. just put up there. So enjoy. There's a lot of back shows that you can catch up on on Patreon. So check yeah, it out. Check it out. Thanks, guys. Now, Desi, you don't know what I'm doing this week. I don't. But you did suggest to me that because last week was so busy, I do like another compilation episode similar in the vein of sitcom scandals. So that got me thinking. <laughs> there have been a lot of spokesperson scandals. Ooh. Now, we have talked about some disgraced spokespeople in the past before, namely our episode we did a long time ago on Jared Fogle. Oh, so right. don't at me. We've already talked about Jared Fogle before. Yeah. Go back and go back and <laughs> look it up. It's one of our earlier episodes, I would say. Uh-huh. Early-ish. And we have already talked about Aflac. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, tweets. Like tweet people. Right. We uh-huh. did an episode called Tweets That Got the Stars in Trouble, where I did probably the world's best Gilbert Gottfried impression oh, yeah. ever recorded to audio. So go check that out. Be amazed at my Gilbert Gottfried impression. Definitely. <laughs> but, he, but here, rather than someone like Gilbert Gottfried or Bill Cosby, who were spokespeople, but they were also celebrities in their own right, the three people we're going to be talking about today are famous for their commercials, famous for being spokespeople of their commercials. And we are starting out with someone who I'm sure you know, Desi, and that is the Sham Wow guy. I do. <laughs> 
Now, I'm sure you remember when these commercials came out. Oh, yeah. Everyone thought they were pretty ridiculous. It was pretty much universally like, what? what is this commercial? It's like, I almost feel like they don't even make commercials like this anymore, but maybe I just don't watch TV like I used to, where it's just someone yelling at you about something. I feel like it was the last of a kind of commercial. Well, because now everyone's sort of not on TV, like... People very rarely watch TV. It's like all it's streaming. all streaming, I think, or majority. And you would see those late night usually or off hours. They would rent that screen that time to like infomercials. But this ShamWow commercial was playing at all hours of the day. Oh yeah. I well, mean, this was like a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. So ShamWow, for those of you who don't know, it is a commercial slash infomercial for a chamois type. <laughs> situation to basically promise to like absorb 20 times the amount of liquid than a regular paper towel. This was reusable. You could wash it. And how wet does your pussy get? (laughs) (laughs) Great for cum spills. This thing could do everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just sad that it didn't exist when we were on Twitter because I feel like we would have made hay. (laughs) You're right, Desi. That seems like a thing right up our alley. What a missed opportunity. Yeah. We did others, yeah. Now, in early 2008, a two-minute-long commercial for a highly absorbent towel called ShamWow hit the airwaves. Now, what made this ad so memorable wasn't the product itself, but it was its pitch man. Vince Offer, better known as the ShamWow guy. His last name is Offer? Well, we're going (laughs) to... We're actually going to get into his name. Okay. Okay. I act, and you know what? I have a good friend whose last name is Offer. But it, he's not a spokesman for a product. Well, his, his name used to be okay. different. So okay. we're going to talk. Actually, we're, that's we're going to yeah. talk about it. That's that's your first part. <laughs> so he was a fast talking, slightly menacing kind yeah. of character in this commercial. He was pretty condescending about anyone who had the audacity to use regular paper towels. Why would you? (laughs) (laughs) Was he ugly? No, but he wasn't hot either. He He had the trappings of hot. (laughs) Yeah. Like you, he was such an enigma. I feel like, like you couldn't figure out what this guy's deal. Like, was he an asshole or was he encouraging? Yeah. Maybe that's what the, a successful spokesperson is. They kind of fill whatever you want them to be. Like, whatever you, yeah, whatever your brain needs them yeah. to be. And in our case, we didn't want any of. Them. I didn't know, and I and I knew. I mean, and I feel like like a lot of Americans who saw this commercial, we were like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, like really, kind of like intrigued, but also like, does this is this guy know he's like this? Right. And I think the thing about the ShamWow that always was sort of stuck with me is like, it was one of those products where it's like, doesn't this exist already? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk about the creation okay. of the ShamWow. Now, he was this cockeyed, like he had this cockeyed stare. He had this dramatically arched eyebrow and he was going to sell you the ShamWow. God damn it. He offered little asides in the commercial about the product, like that it was made in Germany. And then he would say, and you know, the Germans always make good stuff. 
that was, that, yes, that was like a famous line in the commercial. He's like, it's good. He's like punching at it, like getting the liquid out so we can wringing out the liquid. He's like doing all these things with the ShamWow. He's like three card Montine. Yeah. The, in, during this whole commercial. Okay. He's like, he's just playing this huckster. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, and it's made in Germany. And you know, the Germans always make good stuff. They're famous for that. <laughs> commercial also features testimonials from happy customers who had found a product that would mop up soda accidents and clean their boat. This was a multi-use product, Desi. Mm -hmm. Now, Vince Offer was an overnight cultural icon because of these commercials. Everyone had seen this bizarre ad, but who is Vince Offer and what happened to him? Well, Desi, I'm going (laughs) to tell you. Vince was born Offer Shlomi in Israel in 1964, but he grew up in Brooklyn, New York. He changed his name to the more anglicized Vince Offer in the 80s. Okay. Now, he moved to Los Angeles when he was 17, where, of course, he tried to make it as an actor and director. In the 90s, he was working on a film that he was writing, directing, and starring in called The Underground Comedy Movie. This film was a collection of sketches based off material that he had written for a public access TV show. Oh, boy. He's going to bring it to the big screen. (laughs) The world needs to see these sketches. It was a film that's aim was to gross out and offend. (gasps) One of the sketches in it is called Supermodels Taking a Dump. (laughs) And, like, to me, this is a very 90s concept of humor. Of, like, humor aimed towards, like, we're going to gross you out. Yeah. Look at these hot chicks taking a shit. Hey, I mean, it was the precursor to Two Girls, One Cup. <laughs> what? Uh, Guess who's in the movie? Cindy Crawford? <laughs> not in that scene. We're not talking about that scene. But in the movie appears Joey Buttafuoco. Oh. He signed on to do this movie. So you know it's good. You know it's good. (laughs) Now, to make ends meet and to finance the film, he was selling a veggie chopper at flea markets. Oh. In 1998, Vince sued 20th Century Fox, claiming that the Farley Brothers film, There's Something About Mary... (laughs) (laughs) What a loser. ...lifted 14 different scenes from his movie. Wow. So he sees this movie, which is like one of the most iconic comedy films... And he's yeah. like, hey, hey, those they stole stuff that was in my movie. Yeah, I came in a girl's hair. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, this is a quote from the Farley brothers from their statement that they released after okay. this lawsuit was filed. Quote, we've never heard of him. We've never heard of his movie. And it's all a bunch of baloney. Yeah. Vince also sued Anna Nicole Smith for $4 million, alleging that she backed out of doing the film because she said it would be bad for her career. Imagine. (laughs) Can you imagine if Anna Nicole Smith bounces from doing your movie because she's like, that's a bridge too far? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to be, that got to (laughs) hurt. No wonder he sued her for, for hurt feelings. He won the suit. What? He won the suit. And when she had signed a contract, obviously. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But she was like, you know what? It's not even worth it. Take my $4 million. Fuck. I'm out of here. Wow. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Now, the underground comedy movie was released in 1999 and raked in a total of $895 at the box office. Wow. Now, it did only play in one theater. The New York Post called it a war crime. Wow. That's what they said about the film. So he made more from suing Anna. (laughs) Yes. I mean, in that case, the movie was worth it. (laughs) That's true. By this time, Vince had already been selling the ShamWow and the Chopper at various flea markets. An early version of the Chopper, which was an early version of what would become the Slap Chop, which was the follow-up commercial. Oh, do you yeah. remember the Slap I Chop? I absolutely do. He had like a lot of double entendres yeah. in that one. Like, you're going to love my nuts. Because he would <laughs> chop nuts. Yeah. In this That's slap. one of those tools that looked good. 
But you know it worked like shit. He got in trouble, I think, later on for that one because it was like falling apart or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't as well made it was cheap. as he was promising mm-hmm. it was. Uh, so he had been selling both of these products at flea markets and malls for years. He actually said that the idea for the ShamWow came just from your regular old non-leather chamois that he would see like at hardware stores or whatever, and he just got it manufactured in Germany and patented it or whatever. Not patented, like, I don't know, started selling it as the ShamWow. Well, he probably copyrighted that name at least, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Now... In 2004, Vince sued the Church of Scientology. Oh. He had joined the church way back in 1982. (laughs) Not surprised. (laughs) But he was now at odds with them over drama concerning his veggie chopper. (laughs) If you can believe it. (laughs) This guy. (laughs) In the 90s, Vince had recruited 40 Scientologists to help sell the chopper in shopping malls. He wanted people from the church to be like ha- have a hip like hypnotic energy to get people to buy his veggie choppers, right. and apparently it worked because he was making a lot of money selling these things in malls and flea markets. Okay. Two of his salesmen, Ron Chaikin and Steve Harris, agreed to pay Vince a dollar fifty for every chopper that they sold. The chopper business was a success, and Vince says Chaikin and Harris made a million dollars selling the product, but they ran off with the money. They did (gasps) not hold up their end of the deal. Now, Vince tried to settle this through the church's own legal system, but of course, he was jerked around over and over, and he never saw a dime. Vince then claimed that upon the release of the underground comedy movie, the Church of Scientology launched a smear campaign against him because the people he had hired were jealous of all his success. Whoa. By 2002, Vince left the Church of Scientology. In 2006, Vince developed the ShamWow. He went to Germany, like I said before, where he had it manufactured. Fun fact, the ShamWow was almost called Shamit. Oh. I guess like damn it. Good call. Going with ShamWow. (laughs) (laughs) This is what Vince told CNBC about coming up with the name ShamWow. Quote, I realized that whenever I demonstrated the product, people would say wow every time. So I thought of the ShamWow. And then I even added the line, you say wow every time. (laughs) I like when people explain something that's sort of self-evident. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, we don't know where, where wow could have possibly come People from. People said wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. Vince shot the ShamWow infomercial for $20,000, which was an investment that absolutely paid off for him. ShamWow was a hit, and Vince became a household name. But a year later, Vince would make headlines for all the wrong reasons. In February of 2009, Vince was partying at a Miami nightclub when he met 26-year-old Sasha Harris. They went back to his luxury hotel room, where he gave her $1,000 for sex. Sasha and Vince began kissing, but then she bit down on his tongue, and she wouldn't let go. That's when Vince punched her several times in the face so she would let go of his tongue. He then ran down to the hotel lobby with a bloody mouth, And police, when they arrived on the scene, because other people in the hotel called police, because here's this, like, drunk, half-naked guy with a bloody mouth running around in the hotel lobby, they said that he reeked of booze. 
And so did Sasha. And this was all going down at four in the morning. Did he um, wipe his lip with a shamwow? (laughs) (laughs) He pulled one out of his pocket. Both him and Sasha, they were wasted and they were arrested for felony battery. Both of them. Okay. But the charges were never filed and the case was dropped. Hmm. He, she obviously looked a lot more. I saw the. Was she a sex worker? Uh, I they were saying she was a sex worker. Okay. I guess she was. I'm just asking because you said he was going to pay her a thousand dollars. He did pay her a thousand dollars. Okay, for sex, they found the money. He paid in twenties. They found it in her purse. Got it. Whatever. So I mean, she was pretty badly, yeah, beaten up looking. Like it was the the pictures of her that they took. It's pretty horrific looking, and like his mouth is all fucked up. But I, I yeah, it's. It's bad. It's a bad situation. Vince Offer stated that he had been drinking for 12 hours that day. Damn. He said that the assault was a wake-up call for him and his hard partying. (laughs) He said, quote, I have to take full responsibility about the incident. But in 2011, the smoking gun reported that 23-year-old Jennifer Kaczynski filed a lawsuit against him. Jennifer was a model from New York who moved into Vince's $3.6 million Miami Beach condo to work for him as a personal assistant. Okay. (laughs) She was paid $4,500 a month to do domestic duties as well as attend parties and events for him. So she was doing like his grocery shopping, his cooking, his cleaning, and attending all these social gatherings. Like with him? With him. Okay. Like on his arm. Okay. I guess as arm candy. She, like I said, was formerly a model in New York. I see. One of her duties was to make sure that Vince didn't get too drunk at these social events. <laughs> she would like make sure that he was drinking water in between in between drinks. Okay. And if he, he was and if he got too drunk, she would like, you know, take him away or something. I mean, that's when you know you have a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. In the suit, Jennifer claims that Vince pressured her into becoming romantically involved with him. He called her a bitch and a cunt when she said no to that. Wow. He al- she also says in the suit that Vince offered to pay her $20,000 for her eggs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he offered her money to sleep in the same bed with him. Jennifer said that Vince was controlling and sexually inappropriate with her during the year that she worked for him. He would spy on her when she was out at the beach with binoculars. The suit claims that he stalked her ex-boyfriend and took pictures of him and would like show the pictures to Jennifer. Like, yeah, I saw your ex-boyfriend out. Like he was controlling every aspect of her life. I read like uh, this lawsuit, the Gawker, of course, had a copy of it. It was pretty fucked up some of the stuff that that was alleged in this suit, just like all the controlling things he was doing to her. Jennifer also claimed she wasn't being paid for her overtime work, claiming that she was owed for the hundreds of thousands of overtime hours that she had worked. She said also that she had basically been on call for him 24-7. I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah, and like the $4,500 was not... No, that's nothing. Nothing compared to the amount of work that she was doing. In 2012, Vince came out with a new product called the Shticky. <laughs> it was a silicone lint roller. Ooh. In the commercial, a cat gets up from a woman's lap, and a direct quote from Vince is, problem with that shedding pussy? No. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. This is also a commercial that ran on TV. Okay. Uh, in 2013, Vince's newest movie, Inappropriate Comedy, was released. That's... What? In app, A-P-P, capitalized, like an app. Yeah. Okay. But inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, if you had to explain it that intensely. <laughs> in appropriate. <laughs> this guy. Like underground comedy movie, this was another collection of sketches meant to offend, only this time the budget was slightly higher. Stars of inappropriate comedy include Rob Schneider, Lindsay Lohan, Michelle Rodriguez, and Academy Award winner Adrian Brody. No. Yes. How? <laughs> Why did they do this? I have no idea, Desi, but I watched some clips from it. It's one of the most horrendous things I've ever seen in my life. He must have paid them so much money. I don't know how he pulled this off. But he did. Yeah. In the movie, Adrian Brody plays a character called Flirty Harry, which is like a parody of Dirty Harry. (laughs) And his signature line in the movie is, go ahead, make me gay. (laughs) So you know what kind of level of humor we're dealing with here. And I got to say, of all the things, of all the clips I've watched, that's, that's the best one. And that's, I'm just saying, that's how low the bar is here. Go ahead, make me gay. (laughs) I mean, that's my new line. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this film fucking sucks. Is it a sketch? Different sketches or a film? No, it's a compilation of different sketches that are like, we're edgy. Yeah. Like, we're pushing This is so embarrassing. I'm like, literally can't stop cringing. Watch the trailer. It's on YouTube. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I'm just trying to think, like, why these people did it. I need to know why. I have no idea. And I feel like this is around the same time that that movie 43 came out, too. Do you remember Wait, that one? What year is this? 2013. Okay. So this is not that long ago. No, I mean, this is yeah. not that long ago. And, like, you won't believe... Like, I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. That's how mad it is. Like, makes Lindsay me. Lohan makes sense. <laughs> Right, because she's just done a ton of shit. But Adrian Brody, like, come on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, go ahead. Vince got married in 2014, but his wife filed for divorce in 2018. That's yeah. all I got on Vince's offer. So that's it. He's not doing anything anymore. I, he's probably going to hold us hostage with another one of his <laughs> movies soon. I don't know. I feel like he's not going to stop. Yeah, that's he's, so weird. What's that movie called? Inappropriate. <laughs> Inappropriate comedy. Oh my god, that's so dumb. It's yeah. I like how he tried to do app in it. Like I just imagine like do do do. Let's find another thing, and it's like apps. That's like the impetus for each new sketch. That is, yeah, that is that Desi. That's literally the plot of the movie. It's like a tablet. It like shows a tablet, and it's like let's click on this one. Oh my god, that's so funny. I mean, look, I'm not a genius. This guy's just very dumb. (laughs) But he thinks he's clever. He's a fucking scumbag, dude. Okay, are you ready for the next person? Go. I'm sure you know this woman. She's an icon. And that is television psychic Miss Cleo. Great. Love it. You know Miss Cleo. I mean, I feel like that commercial was on my whole life. Like... 
It was everywhere. Yeah. In the late 90s, you could not turn on a TV in America without seeing a commercial for the Psychic Readers Network starring Jamaican psychic Miss Cleo. In the commercials, Miss Cleo sat in front of a very colorful looking backdrop. There'd be like plants or something. Yeah. There was candles. It was like she was in her office, like her psychic office or whatever. Yeah, it was very colorful, very bright very fun. She'd be flipping tarot cards over and promising to reveal answers about your love life over the phone. Right. I mean, she was always like giving you the straight up advice too. She was like, listen, honey, your man's cheating on you. Yeah. And he's not even like, and she was psychic, but she was also your strict best friend who like knew shit. She knew exactly. And she was going to give you tough love, but in a very compassionate way nice way. And for $2 and something cents a minute. Exactly. (laughs) She was going to charge you for this advice, but she was still going to give it to you straight up. Yeah. And she be like... People needed it. They needed it. And like ShamWow, she became a cultural icon. And her Jamaican accent and catchphrases, like the cards, they never lie, they were parodied endlessly. Yeah. Like she was just in immediately in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Mad TV did parodies of her, Dave Chappelle. Everybody was had a parody yeah. or an impression of Miss Cleo. From 1997 to 2002, the Psychic Readers Network raked in $1 billion in charges from calls. Damn. So people were calling. Yeah. Have you ever called a psychic hotline? No. No. <laughs> I, look, I don't know. Maybe you were a bored teenager or something. Honestly, I, it's never something I wanted to like waste money on. Did you call? Never. You, okay. I never called. I called Jenny Craig once when I was uh, 10, <laughs> just because I saw the commercial and I was like, oh, I'm going to call their number. But that wasn't like a pay thing. No, I just wanted to, I just was like, oh, their number was on TV. I'm going to call it. Yeah, yeah. And I had no interest in whatever. Right. I definitely called some 900 numbers and listened to the like prompt. I called things for sure. I never called a psychic. I think I knew enough that my mom would kill me if yeah. I charged up stuff. <laughs> like, Absolutely. If you have called a psychic hotline, please write into the show, hollywoodcrimescene at gmail.com. Yeah. Please. I want to hear your story if you've called into a psychic hotline. The commercials advertised that the first three minutes of your psychic reading were free, but callers would be placed on hold for up to five minutes and charged the four ninety nine a minute by the time that they actually got a psychic on the $4. phone. Four ninety nine a minute? Yes. Shit. If you're shocked and upset by this, don't worry, Desi. They're going to get in big trouble for this scam. <laughs> in 2001... The state of Missouri sued Psychic Readers Network for consumer fraud and for violating the state's no-call law. Oh. See, the network had gotten access to 800,000 different telephone numbers, and they were just cold-calling people. Oh. And they would not stop spamming people. Shit. They were doing email spams. Like, these are people who did not reach out to the Psychic Readers Network. Right. They did not call for Miss Cleo. They were just random people, and they were calling these people and harassing them, as well as sending emails like, hey, do you want to talk to Miss Cleo? Shit. In 2002, the Federal Trade Commission got involved with the Psychic Readers Network, and they ended up having to fork over $500 million back to the consumers for the debt that they Holy shit. had gotten themselves into with these hotlines. Yeah. 
They were also fined $5 million by the FTC. Miss Cleo herself did not face any legal repercussions. And that same year, the Seattle Post Intelligence newspaper reported that Miss Cleo was not a Jamaican psychic from a long line of shamans after all. <gasps> Wish you guys could see that face. So innocent, so pure. No, Miss Cleo was an actress and a playwright originally born in Los Angeles. Miss Cleo was born in 1962. Her real name is Yori Del Harris, and she came from a well-off family and attended an all-girls Catholic school as a child. Now, Yori's parents came from the Caribbean, and according to a 2014 interview in Vice magazine, she did have some experience with Caribbean spiritual and metaphysical practices. Okay. This is a quote from, from Harris, from Yuri Harris. I come from a family of spooky people. I don't know how else to say it. I come from a family of Obeya, which is another word for voodoo. My teacher was Haitian, a mambo, born in Port-au-Prince, and I studied under her for some 30 years and then became a mambo myself. So they refer to me as psychic because the word voodoo scares just about everybody. So they told me, no, 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 we can't use that word. We're going to call you a psychic. That's a quote from her. So she, okay. it wasn't like a total bald face lie. I mean, it was a lie that she was Miss Cleo. Does, does that even matter, though, whether she was legitimate or, or just an actress? I mean, it, as far I'm as just, legal stuff I'm does? saying that she did have interest in that stuff, this sort of yeah. metaphysical or spiritual right. practices. In the 90s, Yori had written and performed in a play in Seattle called For Women Only, which she played a character named Cleo. In this play. So many people believe that this was the genesis of Miss Cleo, the Jamaican psychic character. Okay. In 2006, Yori came out to The Advocate magazine as a lesbian. Oh. She talked about her first love. Quote, my first girlfriend was in high school. She had blonde hair and blue eyes and was on the swim team. I thought that she was the best thing since sliced bread. In the last months of our senior year, we were found out by her father, and she was sent to college out of state. I was heartbroken. Now, Yori married a man when she was 19, but they divorced two years later. They had a daughter together. She had her second daughter a few years later, but since then, she had been in relationships with women. She told the advocate that she had felt empowered to come out publicly after her 16-year-old godson had come out to her. I just Aww. thought that was a sweet story. That is sweet. In a follow-up interview with The Advocate in 2007, she talked about the release of her CD, which was a spoken word album of political poetry. She was inspired by the works of Gil Scott Heron. She also cited the Virginia Tech shooting, Columbine, income inequality, and the Dixie Chicks as inspirations for her poems. Okay. <laughs> Yuri said that she had maintained a sense of humor throughout all of this. In fact, she loved the Dave Chappelle take on her. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a quote from the Advocate 2007 article. The ad- they asked her, what advice would you give Britney Spears? And this is was during 2007, Britney Spears, so we all know. Yeah. Britney's struggling at this time. And I just needed to include this because we love Britney on this show. And this is what Yori had to say. Quote, I was rooting for young Britney 
on the MTV VMAs. I'm not a fan of that type of music, but I wanted her to come out, be happy, and show her stuff. I feel so bad for these young girls. I don't even know if they get an opportunity to hear advice because everybody has a paycheck from them. If people want to protect their jobs, they're letting these girls do anything they want to. When you're a celebrity, the media really takes such a toll. You can't fart north without someone talking about it. Yeah, she's a young mom who has made mistakes. So what? Join the line. (laughs) In the 2014 interview that she did with Vice, she explained that the Psychic Readers Network was rolling in cash while her commercials were on the air, but she was not, she did not pull in nearly as much money. Was she just getting paid as an actress, basically? Yeah, she said that she pulled in a total of like $450,000 over the time that her commercials were on the air, which is a stark contrast to how much the network was making, Right, this hotline was making. She said that she was paid uh, $1,750 for her first 30-minute infomercial that she shot as Miss Cleo. Okay. Now, sadly, Yori Harris, a.k.a. Miss Cleo, died of cancer in Aww. July of 2016. She was surrounded by her loved ones at her home in West Palm Beach, Florida. That's nice. At least she was surrounded by her loved ones. Um, and she seems like kind of innocent in this. No? Well, yeah, she wasn't charged for anything. Yeah. She was just the actress. She yeah. had nothing to do with this company. They had hired her to play this part. That seems like it should just be illegal to charge things like that on a phone call to begin with. Because it seems like made to scam. Well, yeah, especially the way they were doing it because they were promising free psychic readings. But what would happen is you'd call them up and they'd put you on hold for five minutes. Yeah. And then a, by the time a psychic would get on the line, your credit card would be going. And was this the one that Dionne Warwick no, advertised? That's, that's oh, the that. Psychic Friends Network. Okay. Right? There was, there was, this is the Psychic Readers Network, I believe. Oh, she's Psychic Friends. I'm pretty sure she was yeah. Psychic Friends okay. Network. There were yeah. so many of those in the that's, 90s. That was a thing. Well, how was that a thing? And no one's doing it anymore. Where's everyone getting their psychic readings? <laughs> Dude, where is... Like, doesn't that seem like it was everywhere and now I just don't even see it anywhere? I bet you there's online things I mean, that people, we've never even seen. I think people are just getting scammed other ways now. You know what I mean? Like right. with wellness culture? Yes. Like that Wellness sort of, culture is like the new... Yeah, that's like the current modern day online, like hotline psychic. Definitely. Is people are going to like get pictures of their auras photographed. Crystals. Crystals. Like... uh taking weird supplements that don't do anything that just come out in your pee diamond sex dust moon juice <laughs> moon juice once again i i have purchased a moon juice protein powder before didn't you buy it but then it went back because you didn't use it and it was like a year old okay <laughs> i used up an entire big jar of moon juice protein powder but then I, I was like, oh, I better buy another one. That was like, I, I fucking used it. And then the second jar, I just was like, like making a smoothie is such a production. I fucking hate making smoothies. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's a lot more work than... Blenders should be disposable. <laughs> yeah, like cleaning out a blender Like sucks. if you don't clean it right away, you have to. You have to clean it right away. And usually I don't want to clean it right away. I don't away. want to because I want to drink my smoothie. <laughs> I want to drink my smoothie. It's probably right after I get back from the gym. So I just want to get in the shower and take a nap. Yeah. Like I don't 
Do you know what I mean? No, I just hate making. I don't want to fucking deal with my. I can make really good ones too, but I just don't want to clean up the smoothie mess. It's just not worth it. Plus, you gotta make sure you have all the ingredients in your fridge. Yeah, you know, because you can't like. You need Nutella. Well, not my smoothies, Desi. Not the ones I was making. I was making like kale smoothies with like frozen mango and shit. Oh yeah, I don't like those kind. I mean, they were they were fine, but it just whatever. Yeah. I, so I yeah I, I need to throw that jar out because it expired like two years ago. And then I also the insane thing that I bought. That's not the insane thing that I bought from Moon Juice. The insane thing I bought was pearl powder. Right. Which is like literally crushed up pearls that allegedly makes your skin beautiful. But you drink that? You put it in the smoothie? You you can put it in your smoothie. You can put it in your coffee. You can put it on your toast. You can put it on your face. It's a a catch-all product, and it makes you beautiful. Guess what? Did not make me beautiful. (laughs) Didn't do shit. I'm an idiot. How much was that? Oh God, I don't know. And I remember when I bought it, I was like, this was, this was like, I should have bought groceries. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what I was going through when I bought this pearl powder. That seems like a going through something. I was definitely going through something because this was not a decision of, of good judgment. No. It was probably like $40 for this little jar or something. It was ridiculous. I have a lot of things. Like I bought that, that vitamin for your hair. I just don't trust those inside out vitamins. It's not that I don't trust it, but I just... I'm not like a person who can regularly do something. <laughs> like those things you think, if they're going to work, you probably have to do it regularly. And yeah. I'm not that person. Right. I could barely put moisturizer on my face every day. And that's only because it's dry. And I'm like, oh, I need that. <laughs> like I'm not going to do something I don't have a result for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I did. But you know what I will say about Moon Juice? This is not an ad for Moon Juice. We're going to, you know, I, I don't think it's an ad. We're roasting them pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, their their mango, their dried mango that they have there in the, well, you can't go to the cafe now. I'm pretty sure they're doing online orders. Right. That's good. They have like a chili lime dried Ooh, mango. I like chili lime. It's really fucking good. Okay. And I, I would buy like four packs of those at a time and just like eat like a thousand calories of mango. Fucking delicious. Love it. Uh, Okay. So that's the story of Miss Cleo. Now our final subject is someone around from the same era. His name is Ben Curtis, but you may know him as the Dell computer dude. Oh. Do you remember him? Yes. Okay. Got to get a Dell, right? (laughs) What is it? (laughs) It's, dude, you're getting Adele. Oh, you're getting Adele. Yeah. That guy's a dork. Desi, (laughs) he follows me on Twitter, first of all. Okay. And I liked this guy. (laughs) I thought these commercials were funny. Granted, I was 14 years old at the time. And, you know, he was like the non-threatening version of the type of guy I was into. He's very non-threatening. Very non-threatening, but he was like this stonery surfer Diet Jeff Spicoli character. Totally. Just wanted to sell you a Dell computer for your dorm so you could look up porn that, you know, didn't load did, very well. Yeah, that took forever. That took forever to load because yeah. it was the year 2000. Okay. Okay. Now, Ben Curtis, the actor in the commercials we're referring to, was born November 2nd, 1980 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And from an early age, he was interested in performing. At first, Ben was drawn to magic, performing in magic shows as a teen, before he became interested in the theater. He got an acting scholarship to NYU, and it was during his time studying there that he got his first 
he got his first professional gig. A talent agent took a chance on 19-year-old Ben, and he wound up on a commercial audition for Dell Computers. Casting was looking for a boy between the ages of 12 and 17. So Ben was by far the oldest person in the room. Okay. But his audition won over the casting director, and he was cast as Steven, the lovable surfer boy character hawking early 2000s computers. Ben said he was originally hired for two commercials, but they were such a hit that he would go on to do about 26 commercials for Dell. Damn. In from the years 2000 to 2002. Damn, that's a lot of commercials in two years. I mean, these commercials were everywhere too. Like I said before, I thought he was really cute when I was 14. I thought the Dell guy was cute. I was very uh, pleased that he followed me on Twitter a few years ago. (laughs) Did you follow him back? Of course. I (laughs) tweeted about the Dell guy. I said, I feel like we should give the Dell computer guy another chance. And one of my followers was like, well, he's on Twitter. And then he followed me. Oh. And I was like, I'm that's I'm gonna follow you back. <laughs> I still think we should give the Dell computer guy another chance. Look, I'm not talking about the guy in particular, but I don't like the character. I get it. This is yeah. not your this is not a Desi approved. I'm sure character. he's a very nice man. <laughs> he is, and we're gonna talk about yeah. Ben. Okay. So for those of you who don't know the Dell computer ads, the premise of them were basically This guy, Steven, who's like a college student, helping various people around town and in his life buy a good computer at a reasonable price. And they always ended with him exclaiming the signature line, dude, you're getting a Dell. Right. The commercials and Ben, a.k.a. the Dell computer dude, were so ubiquitous at the time that they were even parodied by Seth Meyers on SNL. Right. I mean, everyone, this is like, again, iconic Spoke well, if you person. think about 26 commercials in two years, they were on a lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they had, you know, the holiday Dell commercial where he's right. in like an elf costume. And I mean, he's always the same character, but he's always in these different scenarios where he's like, I'm going to, I need to convince this person here to get their, you know, $800 computer with six months of America online. Right. Whatever. Be real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Desi. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, in 2001, after Ben had made some money from the commercials, he moved out of the dorms at NYU and into a place downtown by the World Trade Center. Ben watched the towers fall on 9 11. Oh, shit. They, the attacks happened literally like two blocks away from him. Okay. And so he's in the center of all of this. And like a lot of New Yorkers, he was very traumatized. As a result, he developed pretty severe PTSD. In a 2017 interview with the website You Interview, Ben said that he self-medicated with a lot of drugs and alcohol during this time. Combined with the stress of his sudden overnight fame and hectic work schedule while trying to keep up with his schooling, he was spiraling pretty quickly and not in a good place. In February of 2002, Ben was arrested for buying weed in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. His weed delivery guy was riding on a bike to meet Ben, but he was being followed by an undercover cop. And when he met and when Ben made his purchase, he was busted. At the time of his arrest, Ben was wearing a kilt with no underwear. Oh, wow. That's what happens when you just run downstairs. 
disappears and throws something off. Yeah. I mean, he was at a party. Like, he was at his best friend's birthday party. They were both wearing kilts. What a waste of police force to go after a pot dealer on a bike. I'm sorry. I mean, like undercover cop work Seriously? going after a weed dealer. Is that dealer. what we care about? You no. fucking losers. Yeah. You fucking dorks. Come on. Fuck you. So, yeah, he got arrested. Obviously, this made national headlines. And he was still the Dell spokesperson. Yes. Yeah. And like we said before, very famous guy, very household name, well-known. I mean, maybe not his real name was household, but right. the Dell computer guy. And like a guy. Whole, wholesome guy. You know, yeah, well, like a for, character. Yeah, like a like I said before, like a very non-threatening surfer dude. But right. the fu- I mean, I remember being like, because me and my friend used to always talk about the Dell computer guy. We thought he was funny, and obviously we were stoners, and we were like, oh my god, dude, he got busted for weed. We thought that was really funny too. Yeah. I mean, not that he got busted, but like, of course he's a stoner now. Well, now we like him even more. Yeah, of course. Uh, so. This cost him his job with Dell. They fired him because they had a very strict no drugs policy at their company. And for the next several years, Ben said that he felt like he was really shut out from Hollywood because of the scandal. Uh, Also, I'm sure it can't be easy to be known for this one character that's a commercial character and to get work. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, luckily you get a lot of money from commercials, but I do feel like they affect your... I don't think this guy had a very good manager because he did not get a lot of money. shit. Yeah. That's usually the trade-off. Yeah. Like, he did not... He's not like a fucking... Like, I thought, I'm like, oh, he did 26 commercials for Dell computers. He should be set for life. Yeah. He really did not make that much money. So he must have gotten a shit deal. Yeah. Now, he was... Supposed to sign. I did read an interview with him where he said that while he was like when he got busted for weed, he was about to sign a half a million dollar contract, like a renewal contract <gasps> with Dell. Ooh. So that sounds like that would have been the most money he would have made. Yeah, at that time in two thousand five, he returned to theater and acted in the off Broadway show Joy. And that got pretty good reviews. Like, you know, he got good reviews for his acting. By 2007, though, he was working as a bartender at Tortilla Flats in New York. Do you know that restaurant? Yeah. Okay. He says that he would get recognized there all the time and that sometimes drunk patrons would shout things at him. Like, they'd be like, the Dell guy. That's got to be annoying. Got to get a taco. (laughs) No, it's dude, you're getting a taco. Dude, you're getting a taco. What's got you're thinking of Kellogg's corn pops. Okay, gotta, gotta have my pops. Gotta have my pops. I love pops. Do you like <laughs> corn pops? Hell yeah, that's one of the best cereals. Those tear up your mouth. I love getting my mouth torn. <laughs> corn pops aren't that hard. You yeah, think, they are. No, over Captain Crunch? Oh yeah, those are the ones Captain that Crunch really is fuck the worst. Up. That's Cor- not even fun to eat. Those are like that's like for masochists. I can only eat the crunch balls. <laughs> but the but the OG Captain Crunch, who is that for? It's the hardest cereal that has ever been made. And it's jagged. I'm telling you. My mouth gets shredded when I eat Captain Crunch. I can't even remember the last time I've had it. But corn pops, I don't feel like tear up your mouth. I bet Captain Crunch is Dennis Rader's favorite cereal. <laughs> it's sadistic. <laughs> it's fucked up. Well, I, yeah. Okay. Today, 
however, Ben seems pretty happy. Went on his Instagram page. He's continued to act. In 2018, he appeared in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Orange is the New Black. So he's doing some TV stuff and some independent films. He's really into yoga. And right now, he is hosting a daily guided meditation on his Facebook page every day at 10 a.m. Virtual meditation, guided meditation. Go to his Facebook page, Ben Curtis. And meditate. And meditate. I thought that was pretty cool. He seems like a chill dude. He seems like, you know, he's a happy guy. Yeah. I, I think he's married. He also fronts a band called Dirty May, and they played a live virtual show this past week. Oh. So, yeah, Dell Computer Dude, Things looks like things worked out okay. Yes. Well, he got a very minor bust. Yes. That literally fucked him over, though. He literally, he just like, yeah, he spent like a night in jail for that. But, but at the same time, in interviews I I saw with him, he did say that like the arrest was a wake up call for him in terms of like his drug use at the time, even right. though it was like just weed or whatever. Right. Well, not, it seems like he was doing worse things, but got busted for weed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much yeah. the deal. Like he was like self medicating in a pretty big way, according to his interviews. So I'm glad to see that he's. He seems like a happy guy. Cool. Like things are working out. And he follows me on Twitter, so that makes him extra cool in my book. Yeah. Hey, Ben, come on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Do a virtual Skype in, into the show. Well, I think he's on the East Coast. Can you tell us how to do it also? <laughs> <laughs> we need the tech help. Dude. I don't think... <laughs> Rachel's like Skype in, but we could barely figure out... <laughs> I know when people when people are like email us or like tell us like can you guys f- fix this problem is like well, it's literally just the two of us and we are the dumbest bitches I've ever met in my life. It is a mir- it is a miracle I know how to upload this show. Yeah, people, come on, give us, give, come on. We need credit. We do deserve credit. Okay. Um, that was good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's it. Maybe it'll be a multi-part series in the future because... There's more. There's weirdly a lot of disgraced <laughs> spokespeople. Well, I feel like they're all just on the border. <laughs> like, just to take that job, you're probably dealing with some stuff. To have that kind of energy. Do you know what I mean? Like, that 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 high-strung... Not mis- not the Dell guy, but, like, uh, the ShamWow. Like, those kind of... That particular type of spokesperson where they're shouting in high energy... Oh, you want to talk about Billy Mays for a second? Well, is, could he be in an, the next episode? No. Okay. It was it was a scandal-ish when he died because they found cocaine in his system and he died of a cocaine-related heart attack. Right. So in hindsight, it made his commercials where he's like shouting and really high <laughs> energy, like extra. I mean, rest in peace, Billy Mays. Right. But he was definitely using some speed. He, he was using his outside voice. Yeah. In those commercials. <laughs> I loved those commercials. Hi, Billy Mays here with OxyClean. Yeah. He was, uh, I think I've had OxyClean. It's a good product. <laughs> I have bought that. Really? Yeah. I might have Could you remember too. when something is like, it was hard to get, but then at some point it was like as seen on TV. 
Right. And you're like, oh, look, I could buy OxyClean at Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever. Yeah. Like if they started selling that stuff in stores and then I probably bought OxyClean. I'm more likely to buy something if it says as seen on TV. I'm not going to like order it. No, I'm a sucker though. I but will, I will if buy it, says, it. If it says as seen on TV. I think OxyClean made sense to me. So I was like, okay. I mean, it's like a bleachy kind of whatever it is. Yeah. So I think I did buy it, but I, I can't remember. I have... I haven't bought in a while. Like, I'm not going to buy, obviously, the ridiculous infomercial products like the no. potty putter. No. The golf, <laughs> the, the putter that you, while you're taking a shit, you can play around a golf. No. I'm not doing Who that would? one. No way. Psychopaths buy that, does he? If you own that's the potty, a Dennis Rader gift. That's definitely a Dennis Rader gift. If you own the potty putter or know someone who ha- has bought the potty putter, please write into the show. Yeah. We'll read it on... Friday's mini so. Have you bought it for your dad? Let us know. (laughs) What if I bought that for my dad for his birthday this year? I feel like he he, doesn't even play golf. No, it would be a weird gift. Golf is like the antithesis of it. It is actually a psychotic gift to someone who to give someone who doesn't play golf. Yeah. And just be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You don't like it? (laughs) I heard you like taking long dumps. But you could do this while you're dumping. Like even just buying like a gift for someone that's dump related is I don't like anything that's like take a long dump and this will encourage you to sit there longer. Right. That's not healthy. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they came out with the squatty potty, because you're supposed to get in and out. Yeah. Come on. You can't do it. It's gross. (laughs) Whenever I go to people's house and they have like a lot of magazines and books, I'm always like, come on. That's the problem with having magazines and books. It's okay if you never have people over, but as soon as right. you see that in someone else's bathroom, even you if know. you do it at your house, when you see it, no. it's more disturbing. <laughs> when you see it, because you know those have been held in the hands of someone who's taken a shit. It's just weird. <laughs> like I've done it. The practice but I don't of it is see it. the practice of it is not weird. But when you see it in someone else's house. You're a little like... Like if you're buying a magazine rack for your bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> like when they have the little yes. thing next to the toilet, it's just weird because then you know that shit stuff is flying around the air. <laughs> I don't even think about that stuff and I'm thinking about it. Like, okay. What about bathrooms that are specifically, I mean, uh, books that are specifically made? Oh yeah. Where it's like toilet because they're short little things. Oh, that is... It's disgusting. Just, I I don't like it. Look, we are disgusting bitches, but that is over Seriously, the line. Seriously, that crosses, that crosses our line. a line. <laughs> We're offended. And we are offended <laughs> by that. Okay. Any final thoughts? No. All that's right. It. Thanks Bye. guys. Bye.